morning. Glad that you have um, been, come here to worship to be a part of what we're doing here. My name is Tommy Staggs. Wes mentioned that earlier. I'm an associate minister here, and I get an opportunity to share with you. Um, love to share with you out of God's Word. We're going to be in Zechariah chapter 2 today. If you have a Bible, go ahead and turn there. Zechariah chapter 2. It's near the end of your Old Testament. Um, so you can turn there. We'll spend some time just mostly in that. We'll look at a couple other places, but that's where we will land. If you don't have a Bible and would like one, there are some folks who are coming uh, along the aisles right now. You can just raise your hand. They'll uh, gladly hand you a Bible or a study guide that goes along with uh, each sermon series that we do. And that's what our adult life groups use to work through the content that we do together. And so if you would like either one of those, let them know. And if you don't have a Bible, uh, feel free to take that one. Um, I'm going to ask you to highlight in your Bible today anyway. So take it, highlight in it, take it home. Um, We love to give away Bibles. That's uh, a blessing for us to do. Um, So having having your Bible with you, having that as a place to land is crucial for you. So we want to make that uh, important part of our time together each week. I want to mention just a couple other things before we dive into that scripture. I want to talk about um, a transition that Scott mentioned last week, which was that we've transitioned a software piece of uh, from our software. Uh, If you're familiar with Church Community Builder or CCB, Um, If that means nothing to you, no worries. But if it does mean something to you, then we have transitioned to a different piece of software called Planning Center Online or PCO. And so that transition is what handles all the back end stuff of our giving and our um, addresses, phone numbers, stuff like that for all of our church. And we have made that transition over from the one system, CCB, into Planning Center Online. Here's what that means, and we want to remind you of that. We've already transferred your information from one system to the other, but we don't have the ability to trans- transition your giving. That's something that you do, and so we wanted to remind you of that. Uh, here's the cool thing. We, we recognize that you're a generous church, and many of you have been giving generously through CCB for years and years. And we're so thankful for that. And we would love for you to continue that, to uh, allow God to lead you in that transition. I know that can feel a little bit frustrating if you think, oh, I have no idea how to do that. I can't even remember when I set up my giving. We can help you with that. There are tech nerds around the church who can uh, help you with a computer. It will not take that long. So if you need help with that, just let us know. We'll we'll, uh, walk you through that process. Um, If you have not used that for your giving before and you want to learn about that or you um, didn't have a smartphone in the past, but now you do and you think, oh, texting, uh, I can give by texting. Yes, you can. Uh, there are some unique ways to give with technology. If you'd like for us to help you with that, we'd love to uh, do that. You can um, meet with us in the hub after our worship service and just say, help me with the technical part of giving. Um, overall, we want to celebrate that you are generous and you're generous because God's generous. And so we uh, celebrate that with you and we thank you for your continued giving. Uh, to our church and just wanted to remind you of that transition. One last thing and then we'll read scripture. um, If you, um, speaking of technical stuff, if you are on social media, then you probably liked or shared our post about Veterans Day over the weekend. We are glad that we can connect with you um, in that way in social media. If you didn't see that or you're not Uh, following us on social media, go ahead and do that. Follow us on there, like and share that. Uh, We love to celebrate moments um, with you online and social media. So if you missed that, I know so many of you saw that. And so we are thankful to celebrate that with you and the unique platform that we have there in social media to do that. And are thankful for those who serve and continue to serve our country through through their service in our military. Let's look in uh, Zechariah 
the second chapter. We'll read, uh, let's read verses 6 through 13 together out of Zechariah chapter 2. Up, up, flee from the land of the north, declares the Lord. For I have spread you abroad as the four winds of heavens, declares the Lord. Up, escape to Zion, you who dwell with the daughter of Babylon. For thus said the Lord of hosts, after his glory sent me to the nations who plundered you. For he, for he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. Behold, I will shake my hand over them, and they shall become plunder for those who serve them. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me. Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for behold, I come and I will dwell in your midst, declares the Lord. And many nations shall join themselves to the Lord in that day and shall be my people. And I will dwell in your midst and you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. And the Lord will inherit Judah as his portion in the holy land and will again choose Jerusalem. Be silent, all flesh before the Lord, for he has roused himself from his holy dwelling. Let's pray together. Father, we ask that you would illuminate this text for us today, these words that we have read, that you would teach them to us in our spirit and in our hearts, that you would bring them to come alive to us as we work through them together today. We thank you for your inspired word. We thank you for how it teaches us. God, we thank you for this passage, this beautiful passage that we have. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, I want to share with you pictures of me when I was young before we get started because that's always funny for you to laugh at me. Um, So just a few pictures. That's me um, when I was young and the TV didn't like it. It was not uh, good. So don't look too long. Uh, Let me tell you a couple stories about um, about when I was young. And uh, one of the things that I enjoyed doing when I was little and you got just a little glimpse of, of little Tommy. Um, is that I would love to play outdoors. And there was some woods behind our house. I loved to go back into the woods to just run around. There was this rule that my mother had for us. Uh, she said, you can play, you can run around, just stay within vocal range. And what that meant was that if she went out on the back porch and yelled for me, that I needed to be able to hear. And that was like the distance. Well, my, I always thought, my mom's voice is really, really loud. So that gave me a huge range of place to play, right? Um, I, I don't know if people still do that, uh, if they still play outside anymore. Um, if that's a thing that you do, maybe you're unfamiliar with this thing that we do in, uh, in playing outside. But it was something that I did and I had a blast doing. Um, but I didn't always like to come inside. I would, um, I would run away to places where I would get mud all over me um, and do things that boys do and the mud was more interesting than coming in for dinner. I, my mom would often call me in and she would yell and I wasn't quite sure I wanted to return back to the house. I was then reading this passage that we're in in Zechariah 2 and I was thinking about that very thing of my mother standing on the porch uh, and calling and yelling. And I looked at this in Zechariah 2 there in verse 6. It says, up, up. And I thought about that. Just that call, just that cry. Um, Flee from the land of the north, declares the Lord, for I have spread you abroad as the four winds of the heavens, declares the Lord. Up, escape to Zion, you who dwell with the daughter of Babylon. And so I read through that and I thought, you know, I, I didn't always like, Sometimes I'd resist coming back home 
Um, sometimes I remember my mother had to get into a, an automobile and drive and do the yelling thing. Um, it didn't always feel like dinner time when it was time to come back, and so sometimes I would resist. And in this passage today, there's a group of people who, at, at, for some reason, at some point, had resisted the, the call to come back. They were still in Babylon. They were exiles. They were uh, taken away from their land. These, the, the Jews that had not returned with that first or second wave of people who had gone back into Judah. And they're still living there. It says the daughter of Babylon. Really what that's just a poetic way of referring to the city itself of Babylon. And so these words are addressed to people who did not come back at first. For some reason they had resisted. They had stayed around. They didn't return Back. Let me give you a quick history if that uh, is new. If you missed last week, then this will be helpful for you. The, the Where we are in Scripture here is that Israel, God's chosen people, had rebelled against God. They had sinned, and God had warned them through the prophets of the, the consequences of that sin and the, the destruction that would come, and yet they still continued to be lost, to be stuck. And so then the Babylonians did, in fact, Invade. They uh, invaded and started taking over the nation, and Jerusalem uh, became uh, the city under siege. And so, even in the, the worst of that, we have the prophet Jeremiah still trying to, to plea with the people to turn to God. And, um, and then, in fact, the city did fall, and the temple was destroyed in 576 BC. God's people were then scattered, many of them taken to captivity. They ended up hiding out, some of them all over the place, wherever they could go. And then after 70 years of being taken and scattered, after 70 years, the call was open for them to return. There was even an official decree to rebuild the temple. And we see that in Ezra chapter 1, the first uh, captives returning back into Jerusalem to, to do that. And Scott mentioned last week that there was this surge of excitement, you can imagine. This surge of excitement, but it was short-lived. It didn't really last, and so there was some pause and some hesitation to continue that. And so then God brought along more prophets who were going to encourage and to lead along the people. They needed a reminder of what they had been called to do. And so God brought those prophets forward, and that's where we come in with Zechariah, who reminds the people that their call is not just to rebuild this physical building. Certainly that is it. Not just to rebuild the temple, but it was also rebuilding the physical symbol of God's presence with his people. And here's a little hint. That's the heart of our message. That what God is doing is rebuilding this physical symbol of, of his presence with his people. And his presence with his people is, is the same work that he's doing today. That he's building his kingdom. And so we're going to look in this and we're going to see good stuff in this text today. So that's the background. Uh, let's jump in and continue to read in Zechariah 2 verse 6. Up, up, flee from the land of the north. Just real quick, the north. That doesn't mean, if you are, are really good at geography, that... Babylon is to the north of Jerusalem. It's not. Um, but that is uh, the reason that it's the land of the north is because anytime anybody would come in and the army invaded, they came in from the north. Uh, the, the way that they would go, there, the geography is that the Arabian desert is in between Babylon, which is more to the east, is in between Babylon and, and Jerusalem. And so they would follow along this route along the Euphrates River and then come in from the north. And so as you make that call up, up, flee from the north, it's not that 
they've messed up their geography. It's just that that's how, um, that's how you would come in. You didn't really cut across the desert there. Um, and so there, Zechariah 2, 6 says, Up, up, flee from the land of the north, declares the Lord. For I have spread you abroad as the four winds of heaven, declares the Lord. Up, escape to Zion, you who dwell with the daughter of Babylon. So we've mentioned that this is a call to those who are not, who did not return at first. And it's a call for them to return, but there's another reason for that call, and it's in verse 8. It says, For thus said the Lord of hosts, after his glory sent me to the nations who plundered you. For he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. Behold, I will shake my hand over them, and they shall become plunder for those who serve them. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me. This is another place I thought about my mom yelling for me to come back. Because I resisted sometimes because I thought it's not dinner time. But one of the things I recognize about my mother calling me to come back is sometimes she was calling me back in. And it wasn't dinner time, but there was a storm coming. And she knew that, and I did not. I was out distracted. I was out doing stuff. But there was, there was danger on the way. There was a storm that was coming. And I thought about that with this call that Zechariah's message is, in fact, that God intends to deliver a blow to the people the nation that had messed with his chosen people. Likely you've heard that phrase, the apple of my eye before. Did you know that came from Scripture? Did you know that was something in the Bible? It's literally like the gate of the eye or the gateway to the eye. It's where light comes into the eye. It's the pupil uh, of the eye. It's a very precious thing. And so really what we're, we're reading there is that God values his people. I love this. I love that God values his people, that, that they are precious to him. And yeah, in the story here, in this passage, it's his people, the Israelites, but it's also Gentile believers. Look at Galatians 3.29. It'll be here on the, the screen. If you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise. And that means that if we read this text in Zechariah, that we can also, as heirs, share in the promises of the Old Testament. And that means that we are those in Christ, precious, treasured, chosen by God. He's our protector. The Israelites in this passage, they just like us, we look at that and we want to trust that. And sometimes God's timing is not immediate. But we can count on God to care for His people just like the Israelites could, to demonstrate His love for us. Listen, if you're hearing that you are treasured, if you're hearing that you are, are precious to God, and that he's, he's your protector, if that doesn't sit well with you, then check your heart today. If that doesn't sit on your heart in a, in a good way, that the God of the universe thinks that you are precious, that you are treasured, don't reject that as true because you don't, feel it right now because God has chosen you in Christ. And so maybe if you're struggling with that, you would take this psalm, Psalm 17, verse 8. You would use this as a prayer, perhaps, if you're struggling with that. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. And so in verse 8, God's saying, anyone who harms my people, anyone who harms my people, that's what's most precious to me. And then in verse 9, he continues, then, then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me. This is one of the phrases in Zechariah where 
It's the intention is to draw the listener back to the Exodus narrative. And just a side note, that's not like this super secret commentator nugget that we like to share with you sometimes. This is actually a real thing throughout Zechariah that you're supposed to read this and and be reminded of the story of the Exodus of the people who were um, in Egypt, the Israelites in Egypt being called out of that. You're supposed to and they would have naturally read that. And so as we read through this, we're supposed to think about how this relates to that story, the Exodus story, that God demonstrates his power over a nation that had held his people captive. And so it becomes this declaration of God's mighty strength and a confirmation of the words of the prophet for Zechariah here, just like it was for Moses with Pharaoh. Continue in verse 10, it says, Sing and rejoice, O daughter of Zion, for behold, I come... And I will dwell in your midst, declares the Lord. Well, this is the place I told you. If you highlight in your Bible, this one should be highlighted for you. Verse 10. This is good stuff. Highlight this verse. If, um, if you don't, uh, if underline it somehow, if you don't have a highlighter with you. Why? Because it's the theme of our message today. It's, it's what we're talking about. And the reason it's our theme is because it's powerful. For those who would have first heard this, can you think about this? There had been generations who had gone, who had grown up in captivity, and they knew nothing of God's presence with them. They had grown up being captives of a foreign nation, and when they hear God's presence with His people, they knew nothing of that. It had been 70 years since the temple had been destroyed. And even the sinfulness of the people before that, it's likely that they didn't really know what it was like to be in God's presence. They'd heard stories of a God who is with His people, but they knew nothing of that. And so how do you hear that today? How do you hear that God wants to be with His people? What do you think about God coming to dwell in our midst? We're not building a temple in Jerusalem now. Clearly we're not. We're not building a temple in Jerusalem. But as New Covenant Christians, what we are doing is we have the promise of a torn veil which communicates to us that God's presence is not housed in a physical building, but has come out and is housed in us, our bodies becoming the temple, and that torn veil communicates that God's presence comes to us in the form of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus is in fact His Son who brought that to us and paved the way. We have that promise of God with us. And listen, our hearts were no place for God's holy presence. And so that's why Jesus came and took care of all of that, removing our sin, purifying our hearts, so that we could become a proper dwelling place for the presence of God. God desires to be in our midst today. He intends to dwell within the new temple, our bodies, by His Holy Spirit. And there were people in Babylon, Jews in Babylon, who weren't really sure what that was even going to be like. They had known nothing like that. Would God be good? Would that be a good thing for them? Or would they... Would God's presence in a temple, would that just be a target for people to, to then attack them? And so they weren't sure. Would it draw the attention of other, other enemies? Is God good? Is He for us? 
They might wonder that, and we might as well. I, I prayed for this moment specifically. Because I know there are people in this room who are hearing this in two different ways. There are people who read that verse, and in fact, you do say, sing and rejoice. I mean, you're, you're happy you read that with joy, and by all means, sing and rejoice if you read that with joy. But I knew that there would be people here who are similar to the exiles in Babylon who just aren't really sure about that. You've been hesitant. You've kind of stayed around just like they were, and you're not really sure. The captivity is not great, but at least it's, um, it's understood. It's, at least in, in some way it's comfortable. You recall again back to the Exodus story, and you think about those who had left from Egypt, and then they even longed to go back to slavery because it was what they knew. It was what they could count on. It was something that was comfortable for them. And that's, again, no accident that they would do that because this word dwell, that God would dwell with them, is intentional. It calls us back to Exodus. Exodus chapter 25, verse 8 says, Let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell in their midst. It's the tabernacle set up in the wilderness where God would come to dwell. But have we become attached to what's comfortable or familiar? And we're not yet sure about falling headlong into the presence of a holy God. There are some who are here today. You're comfortable with a predictable life. And you know that if you give your heart over to dwell with God in His holy presence and to invite Him into your heart, that something might change in you. So I want you to consider how you hear this verse. And can I remind you that you're treasured by God? Can I remind you that He's for your good? We said it last week that God responds to our faith with His favor. And lest there be any doubt whatsoever, let's keep reading. Verse 11, And many nations shall join themselves to the Lord in that day, and shall be My people, and I will dwell in your midst, and you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent Me to you. And the Lord will inherit Judah as His portion in the Holy Land and will again choose Jerusalem. And that phrase, in that day, is a common way to talk about the day of the Lord. It's something that, it's not a 24-hour day, but it's this day of the Lord that the prophets speak about God bringing both judgment and blessing. Isaiah, Zephaniah, Amos, Joel, Daniel, they all talk about this phrase, the day of the Lord. And so, Many nations coming together in the day of the Lord is pointing to this ultimate purpose of God's kingdom that it's for all people, not just the Israelites, but all nations. And there's a lot of great stuff in verse 12. It connects uh, and and people understand this to what we didn't read uh, right before the beginning of chapter 2. This prophetic vision that Zechariah has where Jerusalem doesn't have any stone walls, but it says that, that God will protect them with this wall of fire. Why? Because there's, there's too many people in, in, in this new Jerusalem to be contained by stone walls. So it has to expand out. And what will their protection be? Well, their protection will not be stone walls. It will be wall of fire. It stretches them to, to be faith, to have their faith not in these structures or these buildings, but their faith in God. It's not a fortified city. It's not a physical building. 
It's because God has chosen them. And if there is any doubt about that, God reaffirms that He's going to choose them again. He reaffirms that He is choosing Jerusalem again. And listen, we are chosen. We are chosen by God to be His kingdom people. We are called to be at work building His kingdom. God has called us to be at work. To come back and to do the work that He has called us to, which is building His kingdom. And some people are comfortable sitting back and watching everybody else work. We're comfortable just kind of hanging out and seeing what it might be like because we're hesitant. We don't know. Maybe we're waiting for a better time to return. This passage calls people back who were just like that in Babylon because they needed it. They needed to be reminded of that work that God had for them. And listen, we need to be called back to to be reminded of the work that God has for us. This is the calling of a holy, all-powerful God to His people. Verse 13, Be silent, all flesh, before the Lord, for He has roused Himself from His holy dwelling. Let's pause and consider that. Just look at that in your Bible. Just pause and consider that in this moment. Holy Father, You have risen to call us. You've called Your people to Your purpose. How would we respond? Would we sing and rejoice? Do we sit in silence in awe of Your holiness? God, may our response be be right in Your eyes. May our actions, may our faith be appropriate in accordance with the truth in Your Word. By Your Spirit, we would ask that You would send everything that we lack. Sometimes we lack in faith, God. But we want our response to honor You and Your name for Your sake and for Your glory. We pray through the power of Christ. Amen. I was thinking about how we might hear that. How we might respond. How you might listen to that call that God has. And and I wonder what it would be like if we would respond. What would that look like for us if we would return? If we would return back and accept that call to come back and to take part in the work that God has for us, what would that look like for you? To accept that call to be kingdom people doing kingdom work and trusting not in the stone walls or the predictable things that we build up, but trusting in the God who is all-powerful, who has chosen us to be a part of that. What would that look like for you? Listen, it's not because you've earned it. It's not because you've done something or built a foundation or done something to make yourself right, but it's because of Jesus. 
who has chosen you. You are chosen through Christ to accept that. And so today the invitation is that you would respond maybe for the first time to Jesus. And so we have folks right up here who are ready to to come and just to pray with you and to lead you through that. And you may want to walk up here and to hang out and to meet with these folks who are right here. And you may want to say, I just need to pray through what that looks like for me. You may not know what that looks like. You've been hesitant. You've not been sure. And, And what does it look like for you to fall headlong into faith with Jesus? Let me tell you, when you do that, it's scary but it's beautiful and it's wonderful. And God's calling you. How will you respond? If you need to work any of that out, and maybe it takes even longer, you can come and you can talk with them. We have, an, we have a space right out these doors where you can go and spend some time in prayer and working that out. We want to walk alongside you as you respond to what God's calling you because we want to be a place that helps you come to know that goodness and that call that we have in Jesus Christ, because God desires good for you. You are treasured by Him. So would you respond to that call today? If so, we would invite you to just walk forward as we stand and as we sing, but even all of us, that we would respond in our hearts to that spiritual call of Christ. Will you stand together as we sing?